Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby. And uh, as we roll into August, um, this time of year, whether you have children or your kids are all grown up, you know, I don't have kids and I'm 51, going to be 52 in a couple of weeks. So I don't go to school anymore, but I always think of it as school time. You know, it's that back to school. You'll see ads everywhere. Everyone's preparing. I know for myself, I don't know, maybe I'm a weirdo. Well, I know I'm a weirdo, but like in a good way, I hope. Um, I always think of like school memories. I have a lot of good back to school memories because I used to go school shopping for like, well, when you go to a Catholic school, like I did, you don't have too much freedom. Like you can choose between like white and maroon socks or, you know, uh, a certain issue sweater from the school? Do you want it as a V-neck or a cardigan? So, so many different options. But I would love going uh, shopping for shoes with my grandmother who would, who would buy those for me because one, the experience of being with my grandmother, but two, like that lo- one thing that I could show off my personality through my shoes. But so I do have good memories around this time of year. And whether you're a mom getting your kids ready for school or, you know, you're a parent of someone who's going to college, I think you'll be especially interested in this topic because this week I'm going to be talking with Margaret Pizer from Tsunami Self-Defense. And if you've listened to my podcast before, you may or may not have heard my conversation last fall. I believe we aired it in August uh, with Robert Thomas, who is the founder uh, of Tsunami Self-Defense. And we spoke about a lot of important tips about safety. Now, granted, it's important for everyone to be safe, but you know my focus on this podcast is women, and it's important for women of all ages to be safe. But I think what we want to talk about specifically... uh, and put maybe a little bit more heavy focus this week on is uh, young women going to college, whether they're staying at home and going locally or going away to school. It, it's important that they're prepared because they're going to encounter some different scenarios that maybe they never have before. And, and we want to give them some tips to stay safe. So welcome, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So tell me, and you know, we had Robert on and I know Robert from doing improv with him years ago. And I did actually meet you in person. I did take a workshop once uh, that Robert had held or Tsunami Self-Defense held at, I believe it was Roll Call in Scranton. Sometimes you guys will have workshops there and you guys are doing incredible work there. So I did get to meet you there in person, but tell for the listeners just a little bit about what brought you to Tsunami Self-Defense, your role and, and your training. Tell us a little bit about your background. Absolutely. So I actually, I started training at Tsunami Self-Defense back in, I want to say 2016. I went with a couple of my sisters and friends. We took some private classes um, just to get a kind of overall sense of of self-defense perspective and specifically how to defend yourself just in kind of a street defense for women program. And right from the bat, I loved it. Uh, My me and my sisters, we own a yoga studio in Old Forge. And right off the bat, we had Robert come in with Becky and Alyssa and teach classes to our students and customers there um, that were about parking lot defense and more of your everyday uh, scenarios and reality-based situations you may get in. And from that point, I just never really stopped training. Every time they, you know, if he had even a co-ed class or a weapons class, um, any kind of catered class that he was offering, whether it would be at his studio in Taylor or in Roll Call, I joined in on those throughout the years. Until around, it was 2019, he asked me, because I had been training for a while, he was like, I have a group of women that come in on Tuesday nights, and it's an every Tuesday night class, 
who, you know, people who are experienced in our self-defense programs, if you want to join in, like you're more than welcome to. So I was a part of that community on Tuesday nights, our Tuesday women's class uh, from 2019. We were virtual through COVID and then we got brought back on in 2021. And I was certified as a level one women's street defense instructor through Tsunami at that time in, I think it was November of 2021 with a group of women that were in that class. So we've been, you know, there's a group of maybe five, six, seven of us currently that help assist and also teach the women's classes. And my specialty is in particularly the introductory beginners program um, of our street defense for women. So there are, um, just to give a little background too on, obviously there's all kinds of different defense classes that are out there. I know years ago when I, oh my gosh, it's probably 20 years ago. I remember taking a course that was based in like Kung Fu and they were Mm -hmm. teaching like maneuvers, maneuvers, excuse me, like, you know, how to to punch in the groin and just, but they were incorporating moves from uh, Kung Fu that, you know, you didn't have to be studying it or whatever. So there's all different kinds. So what is, I know that Robert talked a little bit about what his is based in. Is it a combination? Is it based on a certain uh, national program or is it like a mixture? So we are a big melting pot. So Robert and Becky in particularly, the two of them really kind of created the uh, self-defense programs and specifically the women's self-defense programs together. And so it's a blend of different martial arts practices as well as combatives and, um, trainings that he has taken specifically with law enforcement and people in the self-defense reality-based community across the country and specifically for women's issues. So we do have, we have kind of two big kind of conglomerate classes for women. We have our street defense and then we have our reduce the risk, which, you know, was called girls on guard for a time period. Um, it's a program that was developed by, I think it was Rory Miller, if he, you know, corrects me, he'll correct me on that one. But that one is specifically for sexual assault, defense, and mitigation. And we call our program, which is a blend of that one, as well as other things that Robert and Becky have come up with over the years, reduce the risks now. Okay. And today we're going to focus on women's self-defense, but you guys do offer, uh, I know you've uh, had some recent ones that are co-ed, right? So self-defense uh, mixture, and you go to corporations, uh, organizations, so you don't just offer workshops that the public can attend. You've done it, I believe, even for conferences, for college campuses, those kinds of things. So that is something that if folks want to look at uh, the website after, you know, I'll put that in the show notes, they can reach out to you guys uh, to learn more about that. But let's focus on the women's self-defense. Before I hit the record button, you were sharing something that's really important right now when this is airing. And as I I said before at the intro, it is that back to school time. This time now, you said through, I believe, November, like around Thanksgiving, is uh, called the, often referred to as the red red zone. Is that right? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the red zone Um, Some college campuses have other names for it, but it's most well known as the red zone. And essentially what that means is from mid-August all the way until Thanksgiving break, over 50% of campus sexual assaults occur during that time period of the year, which is something that is really interesting to think about. That is the time of the year when everybody is going back to school. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of those particular cases come from the age bracket of freshman to sophomore, um, 
more predominantly than junior to senior. So there's a lot of events going on from August to November where you have your younger students coming in, um, trying a lot of different things, meeting a lot of new people, being in a very unfamiliar environment. And that unfamiliarity, unfortunately, can be manipulated and kind of preyed upon. So we tend to, specifically this time of year, really push uh, young girls specifically going off to college to take a few of our classes to really just get your mind in that perspective of just being aware of your surroundings and certain things that you can do just to be aware and reduce your risk and avoid any situation that may be unwanted or uncomfortable for you. Yeah, and that is so important because, you know, we might you know, maybe they're coming from a background where they've taken martial arts and that's great. Or maybe they have parents who are vigilant about reminding them, but everyone can benefit from these moves. I know I only took the one class and years ago I had taken the Kung Fu class, but I know that it is important that like, I would like to do another as, and at least a refresher because we do need to be prepared. You don't want to think that way. You don't want to be scared, but you do want to be prepared. And it is important, especially as you're mentioning for the young girls who it's their first time away from home in some cases they may not even have a friend already so they're making friends and that's where sometimes you're trusting people and maybe you know maybe the person has other motives or you go to a party and you think you can trust people but things happen and it is important for them uh to learn uh, some basic things that they can use not just the moves but i know last year robert had to just even tips that you can help provide them with like certain things to to be on the lookout for right Absolutely. And I honestly, what kept me going with tsunami self-defense programs, and now I teach it, is not necessarily the physical aspects of it, but learning everything that envelops self-defense. So a lot of the psychological and mental things you need to think about, all the soft skill avoidance um, techniques and pre-instant indicators and de-escalation tactics are things that I use in my everyday life. And that's not to say that like I encounter, you know, a lot of danger, so to say, in my life. But there's just certain things where you're interacting with strangers or people you're just getting to know. And being able to be solid and understand your own boundaries so that you can handle situations without compromising yourself or second guessing your intuition. That to me is what has kept me going in this program more than anything else. And yeah. what I would want to instill in women specifically, because a lot of times we are taught to second guess our intuition or we're taught um, or, you know, given circumstances over time where it's like, oh, well, you know, give this person a chance or it could be, you know, you're just seeing things a certain way or you're too rigid. And we, you know, get bombarded with kind of all these labels and things like that. And especially being in that 18, 19, 20 age bracket where you are still kind of in that big self-discovery stage of life, it's important to check in with yourself and understand what your boundaries are. And if they change, that's okay. But making sure that you know those things so that no matter what situation you're in, you're more prepared and proactive instead of paranoid or getting paralyzed or frozen in a situation because you've never really thought about what you would do in that situation. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, we could have a whole conversation on, uh, you know, I think the way that, that girls, it's, it is changing, but the way that girls are even raised to be polite, to be nice, to be this or that. And, you know, as you mentioned, we second guess ourselves because it's like if, if someone does offer something, whether it's a ride or like you, you want to be polite, you want to be nice. Oh, was I, was I being a bitch? Was I this or that? Or do they think that, we, you know, and, and ultimately you have to be concerned about your own 
your own safety and, you know, and use, as you mentioned, boundaries. And it is important, especially as they're young, that maybe not fully being formed with, you know, those boundaries, but, but having some guidance, you know, and tips from you guys and the moves too. And I think that's important because, you know, I always, I sometimes think about that myself about what would I do in a situation? Because the training is great, but unless you've been in the situation, like, I honestly don't know. I always like to believe that I'm a badass, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to fight like hell or, you know, maybe you're not supposed to, I know if you're being mugged or whatever, let go of the valuables and don't, you know, whatever. But I, I like to believe it, but I don't know. I don't know what would happen and hopefully I won't have to find out, but learning is is important so that you do have at least some kind of things that hopefully will play in your mind if something were to happen. Absolutely. And just being like kind of open to the topic matter itself, um, which, you know, any kind of self-defense topic matter can be really heavy. It could be something that, you know, obviously is uncomfortable to even think about or perceive. Um, a lot of people, you know, will go through that mind stage of being like, well, it's not going to happen to me. Like, I know you mentioned like, growing up in a small town kind of situation where people are like, oh, you know, everything's one way, so it's never gonna happen to me. Um, and one of our biggest principles that we do teach is that the body can't go where the mind hasn't already been, at least not successfully. And so the way that we approach self-defense is not necessarily, we can't prepare you and simulate every single possible scenario that you may encounter or never encounter, but we can at least talk about them. We can at least introduce certain things and principles for which you can remember and you know almost through muscle memory be able to work yourself through a situation and solve your way out of it in the best way that you can in a moment and yeah that's super important yeah and there are um i wish i had remembered but uh, Robert had mentioned, oh my, I think they're, they're P's, <laughs> but they're of safety. Uh, what the principles that you guys, I know there's some real basics too, that you guys, uh, about being prepared, but there's other ones. Are you, am I like even getting close to what, uh, do you know what I'm referring to or no? Cause I forget what they were. We do for our women's programs. We have the four P's. So the four P's, and I think I, I may have kind of alluded to them when I was talking earlier is that we want to make sure that you're proactive and prepared, not paranoid or paralyzed by fear. So we want to be able to observe kind of our environment and what's going on, you know, whether we feel something that's a little bit off or we don't at all, and then be able to process what's happening in our particular environment and then make choices after that point to make sure that we are in a safe position ourselves. So the four P's, like I said, we're Everything that we do is to make sure that you're not thinking, you know, every corner you turn, every person you meet is somebody that's suspicious, but things that you can look out for and just have a knowledge of so that if you ever have that gut feeling or that kind of intuitive sense kick in saying like ah, something's a little bit off here, you have something to go off of to not second guess that. Okay. Yeah. That was it. I knew. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe she just said them. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Now it's, it's interesting too. You talked about like uh, a lot of it too, is not just the moves, but like the psychological and, you know, I've, I've reached out to Robert. I think it was probably even last year around this time. I do uh, women's comedy nights where it's only female comedians, only females in the audience. And I'm pretty, I guess some people might see it as rigid. I 
see it as trying to stick to the, to what I'm trying to create, which is a safe environment for women to feel comfortable. And I've had, and in fact, I've called him last year to ask, what do you think about this? I had a, a gentleman buy a ticket and I have in the past given refunds because I do want to keep it safe. But talking to Robert for his perspective of even the wording, because she's like, well, he's like, well, you can't assume everyone's, you know, like up to no good, you know, so to speak. But you, you know, you're entitled to say, hey, this is for women, you may not be comfortable. And he did help me with the wording because he also said, you don't want to maybe set this guy off or trigger him like by saying like, there's an assumption that I think he's going to do something. I just really didn't want to change the environment. And I did give the person a a refund and it was fine, but it was interesting to have that conversation. And I think, uh, and it's not just about like for my case, but even, I think that might be something important, even for young women as they're having different communication with, with men that I don't know if that's something that you guys ever go over, but like someone who might be giving them a hard time. Maybe they went out on a date or maybe they don't want to date that person, but the person now is like texting them too much or kind of maybe harassing them and they don't know where to draw the line. You know, is this person just being a nuisance or are they potentially harmful? And it's hard to know the difference, I think, sometimes. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. And we do teach a lot of ways to I I personally, I don't know if Robert really uses this terminology, but I kind of like to say trying to neutralize a situation and be able to step back and say things like, okay, you know, and one, am I comfortable with what's going on? If I'm not, is it a me? Is it something just because that's how I feel and I want to, I haven't communicated that yet, or is it something that I have communicated and it's getting crossed? So if you can answer those two questions, then you kind of have a good framework as to where you're going to go with this. If you, you know, want to keep things on a little bit more of a friendly level, let's say with somebody, you know, for a college girl that, like you said, has maybe gone on a date or two, you know, things aren't really like, you know, working out. So maybe they just kind of ghosted, I know is like a term that people use these days, um, or just decided not to really engage for a while. And they're, you know, starting to, you know, answer your DM on social media, text, they're trying to like ask your friends where you are, what's going on. You know, maybe it sounds a little bit hostile and you're not okay with it. That would be a situation where you would want to, and I would even personally say in writing, um, communicate as to why you may not be interested anymore instead of just um, trying to ignore the situation altogether out of an uncomfortable feeling that you have. Um, and it, not alienating people as well. I think like, I, I don't totally know the situation you had at your comedy show, but yeah, trying to make sure... And that's an avoidance tactic too. A lot of times we want to kind of like clap back really fast. Or if we feel like we're being insulted, we want to insult like right off the bat. That's like the knee-jerk reaction. Because you're mad or you're upset something took place. But a lot of times when you do, and I'm not going to say every single time, but a lot of times when we do go right into an attack mode, you're giving away your power to that person, which a lot of times if they do have malintent, that's exactly what they want. So we teach a lot. And one of my favorite things to teach is when we talk about catcalling and particularly because everybody has their own ways of thinking about catcalling. Everybody, a lot of women have gone through this experience themselves in some way, shape or form. And a lot of the answers are like, you know, you know, I might, turn around and, you know, make a face or, you know, you know, make a gesture or say something like, leave me alone and all that jazz. And from our perspective with our training is the second that you show an emotional response, they've already gotten exactly what they were looking for. 
So the best thing that you could do in those situations is completely, you know, keep a straight face. You could show them that you saw what they were doing, but then move right along unbothered. And that's something that we teach because you're most likely going to avoid any kind of further interaction with the person that isn't worth your time anyway in that framework. Um, so those are a couple different ways you would deal with men in particular scenarios. Um, and that's why, again, I love this training because it's something that I can use every single day where I can check in with myself and be like, well, how would I want to respond here? Is it a response that needs a very clear command to take place and be set on the record? Is it a situation where I can just, you know, be neutral and, you know, just give a nice response and walk away? Or is it something that I don't even need to bring any attention or energy into? Um, we teach all three of those in different situations. I want to follow up to something that you said there. You said uh, sometimes our knee-jerk reaction, like if we're uh, something negative or attack, we want to attack back, but we're giving away our power. So is that because we're so, if it's that all that emotion, we're just not uh, in the right state of mind to protect ourselves or we're because we're giving them what they want and that's allowing them to be in control? What Just talk a little bit about that because I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of us, myself definitely, you're, you're hurt so you want to hurt back but as you're saying, don't attack back because you're giving away your power. Mm -hmm. So in what I was talking about specifically with catcalling is you're, you're dealing with somebody already who is whatever response you give them is not going to change them. It's not going to change their mind as to what they're doing. It's not going to stop them from catcalling. You know, it's not going to change who they are. And this is something that it, for me, it was hard to kind of come to terms with because we have this world that we deserve to feel respected in at all times. And we do feel, or I, you know, have always felt this calling where like, if something's wrong, if something somebody's doing is wrong, it needs to be called out. And with self-defense, you've kind of learned when's the right time to do that. And a lot of times it's being able to discern, is, that, is it going to be worth it to try and reach that person or not? Is it, are, are you just going to be giving them exactly what they want? Is just getting off on your anger and your frustration and the fact that you've been objectified in some way, shape, or form. So it's really more so choosing your battles at the right time. And that, that takes time and it takes, I think, a lot of practice and a lot of work to get to that point where you yourself can figure out, okay, when, are, when is my time frame to do those things? When is it to step back? When is it to just ignore it altogether? Um, I have younger sisters who are in college and they're friends and I've talked to them before. And um, we, again, like I said, we have this way that we absolutely are meant to be treated. We have to educate men. We have to educate people on the best way to respect women of all ages. Um, but the fact of the matter also is that the world that we live in isn't that ideal world yet. So we have to work with also the reality of the situation that we're in. And like I said, choose your battles when it's necessary for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, so true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, a problem that we have that we want like as a woman wanting to call it out or wanting to hurt somebody back is necessarily a bad reaction to have but it's simply just taking it a little step further and being like well is this going to impact or not is this going to make a difference or not is this going to validate me and bring my power back or is it just going to hand it over to them where in their minds they're just going to turn it up a certain way so 
that's really it's something I never thought about before I took tsunami self-defense and then these topic matters and discussions are made and it's like oh shoot like I never would have thought of it that way but that does make sense and in a way it will also help me from not being harmed in any way shape or form further than that point so yeah those are some great points and I think and again this could be a whole other conversation because so much has changed with you know I mean women deserve to be respect but still aren't in many cases and haven't been through the years where to the point where cat calls were actually but, you know, some women felt, and again, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but like felt almost validated. Like it was a good thing. Like, oh, they're acknowledging that I'm attractive or whatever. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a whole different conversation, but cat calls in general are not exactly, uh, I don't think they're coming from a good place. Usually they're meant yeah. to objectify women, you know, I mean, and that is something, and I'll transition here because I want to ask you your thoughts. I'm someone who runs and, you know, women, you know, as runners, you, you get the, if not a cat call, definitely like I've seen from honestly more older men than anything who will yeah. stare, you know, and it's like, believe me, I'm not wearing a tube top. <laughs> I'm pretty, you know, I have my t-shirt and my shorts on, but you know, sure. they'll stare and there's, you know, sometimes comments, but like for me, the comments, you know, thankfully I haven't had a lot, but like you do get the stares or whatever. A lot of the comments that I actually like are more like not comments, but like, hello, good morning, like, and get, like conversation with a lot of different men. And, you know, if I'm running, they might be like, yeah, great job or keep going. I love those kind of encounters. And I will always, you know, want those, you know, and, and engage with people, but it's the stairs and the weird stuff. But what I wanted to, to ask you about and your thoughts on this now, again, don't feel that, you know, comparing to what Robert said, but he will sometimes more or less uh, chide me for this and, and scold me, but I do run often by myself. And, you know, while he's like, oh, Janine, here you go. But the thing about this that kind of, and maybe because he is a man, and I don't know if you'll have a different take on it. As a woman, I don't, I know the world is how it is, right? And, and we can't necessarily change it overnight, but I don't want my power taken away. Oh, you've got to have someone else running with you. You've got to, because the reality is I don't have the same kind of schedule as a lot of my friends. I don't, you know, not all of my friends are runners. So I do run a lot by myself. Um, and usually in daylight, I'm not someone who's going to run in the dark. I'm not, and again, I'm not judging people who do, if you do it as a group, I don't run in the dark. I run in the daylight and maybe sometimes I'm over assuming that it will be okay. But I do feel as long as I'm, you know, in the daylight and I have my phone and I'm close to, you know, people for me, it's, it, it works for me. But, you know, it's funny, Robert has, has said to me, you know, Janine, you shouldn't be running by yourself. But I don't want women to have to feel like they have to change their lives because of this. I'm sure, and I'm sure, too, this is where maybe the self-defense class would come into play. Learn as much as you can. Be as prepared as you can. So in case something does happen, you're prepared. Yeah. And that, like I said, that four Ps is exactly what you're reaching at there. It, there's no reason why you should feel the need to completely change your lifestyle and the way that you do things because all of a sudden you've been introduced to an idea or a framework of mind that any situation you could be in could be a dangerous one. The fact of the matter is you could be out on a run and get in a dangerous situation. You could be in the safety of your own home. Like you can, if, if it's going to happen, it's not, it's going to happen wherever it happens. Hopefully it never does. Um, but like you said, being able to know yourself, know that I'm not going to have to do so much extra work to do something that I love and that means a lot to me and is part of my everyday routine and who I am. And so 
like you said, running in daylight, making sure that your phone is on you. Um, my big thing is I, I, a lot of people, and I'm a culprit of this too, like I'll put headphones in and listen to music when I'm running. I try not to do that anymore so that I am aware of my surroundings and can hear what's going on around me. Um, simply from just safety from cars and other things besides just somebody who could be there in a potential threat. Um, but those would be the certain things. And like I said, coming to trainings and just having a little bit of a background on how to physically defend yourself if you were maybe alone on a run somewhere um, and something were to happen. And then, yeah, you probably make sure that the places that you run, you do also feel safe in, that you know that you're around public places where if you, you know, felt like you needed to get away from something, you're close enough to maybe a group of people that you could, you know, get help from or just avoid. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily go as far to say don't run by yourself, but just take those steps that aren't going to necessarily change the thing that you want to do, but just make it a little bit better is all I would say. Just tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say that you're wrong in your decision-making process, but just being smart and being prepared, yeah, especially yeah. knowing that you're going to be by yourself. I think that's part of the battle too. I think, you know, somebody who runs by themselves, but they're not in the framework of, well, you know, I am by myself, which does make me a potential target if anything were to happen. Um, have, already knowing that being isolated is something that people will look for if let's say they wanted to take something like your phone or, you know, if they thought you had a wallet on you or whatever. Um, having that knowledge is just also going to help you be safely on alert, which is half the battle to me, truly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I've made, I mean, we all make mistakes. I used to occasionally I would trail run and I'll admit, you know, I love the nature part of it, but there are times where I'm like, Oh boy, there's not a soul out here, but that also would scare me a little bit. Like by myself, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be running out here by myself, but other times, yeah, I'm typically running where I do feel comfortable. I'm, you know, close to a neighborhood or a business or something like that. So yeah, as you said, I think it is, uh, you know, being prepared and having the information, but it also couldn't help to take a workshop to learn from you guys. Um, so as we get, I want to wrap up in a little bit here, but before we do, I definitely want to talk about what kind of workshops you have coming up, but also before we do that, excuse me, and talk about those, is there any other aspect of this, especially as we're getting into this, uh, time, the red zone that you wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about just something that you're like, Ooh, this is an important point I really want to make. Um, I mean, I would, if anything, I would just like to emphasize specifically for women going off to college or going back to college um, during this time frame, whatever age, honestly, um, to always just make sure that you check in with yourself and what you are okay with. We have like um, a little saying in our women's classes that is know your no. So you need to be able to know the things that you are not okay with before you ever have to deal with making that decision in the first place. And your nose can change over time. The things that you may not be comfortable with may change. Um, the things that you are comfortable with may also change and you might not be comfortable with them anymore. And it may change per circumstance and person. And that's just something I feel like every woman should be able to do on a semi-regular basis is to really just be able to check in and know that you have the right to be safe and you also have the right to be respected in the way that you choose and being able to actually know the things 
that you're okay with and not okay with is only going to allow you to show up for yourself better and have other people show up for you better um, and set that precedent. So that would be something I emphasize so much because I think that's such an empowering thing to think about. It's so simple and it, you know, it doesn't seem like something that we have to really sit down and try and reflect and figure out, but it really is. And um, it's also a process of just getting to know yourself better. You know, not giving, you know, not necessarily trying to go out and people please and go through experiences where then you figure out what that is. But in the moments, be able to say, okay, like this is, this is what I'm feeling today. This is what I want to do. And be okay with that and stick to your guns is, I think, so empowering and gives such a level of confidence to women that for a long time, I feel like we go through a lot in life where those things get mitigated in very subtle ways. Um, and even like, I, I've been the kind of person where I'm like, Oh, like I don't have that issue or like, that's not a thing for me. And then I find out like, Oh, okay. Like I did just kind of like compromise myself there. I did just kind of diminish, like diminish my position here in some way, shape or form. So that would be the one thing I would emphasize the most more than anything else. And okay. our trainings, our trainings really do provide that and give you the tools and just the, the community and the space to be able to figure out how to do that yourself. That's important. So, uh, so that's a perfect segue to what have you got coming up? It's, I think uh, for folks to follow you guys on Instagram, Facebook, but also the website, and I will put the website link in the show notes because you're always having a lot of different workshops. Uh, sometimes, usually they're at least two parts. I think the one I took might've been, uh, it was, it was one of the shorter ones, but you also have uh, ones that are a series. And of course, as I said, you know, you, people can reach out to you guys if, you know, they have an organization or they have a group they want to train, but uh, what have you got anything specific you wanted to plug or promote that's coming up maybe in September or October? So basically if we do monthly events at our studio in Taylor, as well as at roll call in Scranton, we'll usually do our bigger events or more, you know, multiple group events at roll call because their space is a little bit bigger. Um, so just, we always, I always say, check the Facebook for those events. We're going to be having, um, more weapons defense classes, which, you know, people like to learn about and understand, um, something that a lot of us don't always think about, but we hear things all the time. Um, we'll be doing more, um, reduce the risks, which is for women. Um, it's sexual assault prevention and mitigation classes. So we'll have those also coming up in September and October. And you can also always schedule private classes as well, whether it be with a group of women, it could be mother and daughter classes. It could be, you know, like right now I've, we've taught in the past two weeks, maybe 10 classes to groups of girls going off to colleges that just put it together with a couple of their friends before they go away. Um, so we offer private classes all the time that can be catered to specific things that you're looking for. And um, yeah. That's great. And I know the one that I took, I think it was like kind of a combination, but you mentioned the uh, reduce the risk, I think, with sexual assault. So there, I know in the one that I took, you're actually teaching really important moves, whereas if you are attacked, like yeah. lying down or something in your home, how to get out of that situation, which I think, again, every woman should learn. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like our classes, I, I, another reason why I felt so empowered in them is because it really isn't always about your size, your age, 
um, your physical, you know, capabilities, your athleticism. It really is just body mechanics and understanding the kind of physics and physiology of how the body works. And it, so I, I love teaching it because every woman that I teach is always so pleasantly surprised to be like, I never thought I'd be able to do something like that. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. You just need to know the principles. You need to know how your body moves and how it works. And you can help to mitigate and stop a lot of things. So I highly, highly recommend those classes. Um, and then, of course, our street defense for women classes, which are more just honed in and more um, generalized to things that you may, you know, encounter just in everyday scenarios, whether it would be an attack that could be from a man or not, it could be from anybody. So, um, yeah. That's great. It's interesting. I mean, I was terrible at physics, but it's so funny because, you know, in, in the ones I took with you and years ago with, uh, you know, with the uh, Kung Fu based ones, it's so much about like, you know, uh, removing, like not, not overexerting and, and using your power and then knowing how to understand, like how to get them to, you know, divert their power or different things like that. When it's different moves, it's like, yeah, physics is involved in understanding those principles. You know, I think you're right. It is so interesting because you're like, okay, Okay, I don't have to be a bodybuilder to like fight back or, or defend myself. It's just understanding yeah. those moves, which are essential. Mm -hmm. And even like, even just the principles, like I, I loved and Robert makes this distinction all the time that we are, a, we're not necessarily based in martial arts. Um, we are very much reality based self-defense. So we don't teach maneuvers or techniques or moves. We teach principles. So, and I, what happens when you take these classes is you're going to learn very a kind of almost like a list of 12, I want to say specific things about your own body that can be applied in multiple scenarios. So what we try to do is make it easy and concise and simple so that you can retain that muscle memory and under duress, be able to recall it instead of think, you know, have too many things to remember or have to remember a specific scenario to go through. You can be like in that docket of 12 particular principles, you'd be like, oh, this applies here. I could do this right now. And it, it doesn't matter if you're standing, someone's got you from behind, or if you're on the ground, or if you're in like a seated position, you can find your way through these principles to problem solve a lot of situations, which to me was just eye opening. Because um, a lot of times you, I feel like a lot of people don't take self-defense classes because they are intimidated by the fact that, oh, is this going to be a martial arts? Am I physically going to be able to do this? Am I even going to remember anything that I do here? And when I took the first program with Robert seven, eight years ago, um, I retained so much information. I never thought I would. Um, I, I was teaching a girl who's going off to college. She came a year or two ago to classes. And so we were just refreshing her on certain things. She had it right off the bat. Like with that, it was just muscle memory to her and she hadn't been to a class in that long. And to me, I'm like, that's where you know the system works is something that you can, it stays with you. Hopefully it, you're going to be better at it if you keep staying at it, um, but it's something that will absolutely stay with you. Yeah. And that's a great point. Cause I do recall Robert saying that cause yeah, you're right. If it's a certain move, martial arts move, you might be like, okay, how did that go again? Or what was the choreography of that? But yes, he did make it clear that it's things that you can remember or, you know, and obviously the more you do them, the more that you'll, but yeah, the, the basics that you'll, you'll remember and that will assist you when, when, if you ever need them, that you can use them. Yeah. That's a great point. 
Um, let's give, as we close up here, I want to give a shout out. You mentioned at the top of the, uh, of the show that you and your sisters have a yoga studio. I wouldn't want just give a shout out to that just because I think it's always great to support local, uh, in Old Forge. What is the name of the studio and what do you offer just to give you guys a plug? So it's Namaste 919 and we are in Old Forge, Pennsylvania, right off of South Main Street. We offer yoga classes at our studio. My sister's a massage therapist, so we have massage therapy there. Um, we also hold different events and workshops for meditation and healing, um, as well as we also have a salt booth, which provides relief for the sinuses and the upper respiratory system um, through dry salt therapy, kind of like salt caves, but a little bit more personalized. Um, so yeah. Great. And I think, cause I think honestly, these things go hand in hand. It's good to take care of our bodies, take care of our minds, take care of, you know, just our wellness overall. And I think they do go well together. And I will say my friend, Tina Gallagher, who's a romance author is a frequent client of your sister's for massage therapy. It's funny. We often talk about that. She's there. Like, I want to say maybe once a month or twice a month, but she loves it there. Yeah. Oh, we love Tina. She's yeah. the best. Yeah. All right. Well, before we close up, I'll just say, I want to thank you so much for your time, Margaret, and for this valuable information. And I mean, again, women who are listening, uh, you know, we, we have to pay attention to this all year round, but I think this time of year is especially key. So if you do have, you know, a daughter going off to school, or if you have a niece or a granddaughter or anyone, you know, these are important tips. So share this podcast with them, share tsunami self-defense, um, they do a lot of uh, workshops pretty much every month and in, reach out if you want something private. If you have a couple folks, a couple women you want to get together, it's it's really key, important information. And uh, I think it's, it's it helps a lot of people. So thank you so much, Margaret. I do appreciate your time. And thank you for the opportunity. I, I love talking about tsunami self-defense systems, especially from the perspective of being a woman and how we are such a woman-centered practice. And it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thanks so much. And as I said to my listeners, check out when I promote the podcast, I will share the link to Tsunami Self-Defense, but check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They do post a lot of, of great stuff, not just promotional stuff, but some interesting points, uh, valuable information and videos. So uh, check that out. And, uh, you know, as we continue on next month, uh, well, we're, oh my gosh, August, September, we have a lot of different interesting topics coming up, serious topics, uh, suicide prevention and awareness comes up in September, um, and a lot of other topics that, you know, just every, every week, as I said, I like to feature a different woman who has something to share to help inform, inspire, and sometimes even entertain along the way. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.